Welcome to Sea Planters with the Cameron family. Today, we will be discussing the words restore or restoration. There's a lot that God wants to do in our lives now. And the only way for him to accomplish that is to bring us to a place of restoration. Um, spend some time with us as we discuss restore and restoration in detail and what the word actually means to us. The first question that I'd like to throw out to the family is, if you think of the word restore or restoration um, in a sentence, what actually comes to mind, the first thing that comes to mind? And I would like to start with Michelle. Yes, so when I hear the word restore, I think this is the picture that came to my mind. Think of a piece of furniture that was like, messed up. It's old. Um, say, um, a chest of drawers. That's what we call it. I don't know what everybody else calls it, but we call it a chest of drawers and maybe parts of the drawers, the handles fell off or something and they're old. And then somebody who's really good at restoring furniture grabs it because it's like, Oh, this is a really good piece. It just needs some care. And they go in their garage or outside in the back and they're cleaning and they're sanding down and they're repainting it, change the color. They bought the little knobs for the handles. They put that on and now it's like looks brand new, something that was old and beaten up and nobody cared about, but they saw the value in it and they have now restored it so that they can, somebody else can enjoy it and use it. Thank you very much. That is exactly what restore, restore or restoration means. I would like to have um, a response from Nicole. Hi, everyone. Um, so for me, you know, it's kind of just the definition of what it might be. Um, so to restore something is to return it to its former glory or um, to take something that is not at its best and to make it become its best. So those are the, um, the words that I would use to explain restore or restoration. My sentiments, exactly. Uh, my actual definition was to bring something back to its original state. And so um, that's basically what the first thing that came to my mind for restore. So we'll move on to the second question, which is, what does restoration mean to you biblically? What does restoration mean to you biblically? I will start. It will be a, a brief definition. Um, it is similar to what we said about restoring. So I said receive back more than you have lost. But see, the difference with biblical restoration is that it not only gives you back what you had, but it gives you more. So there's a greater return, and it's usually a, signif a significant abundance so um, biblical restoration actually means an improvement beyond measure. So now I will ask Michelle for her biblical definition. of. Okay, so similar to what you're saying, um, I like to give visuals. That's just how I do it. So what came to my mind was Joseph. So Joseph, as we know, he had on the coat of many colors. That was the, probably the most prized possession he owned. It was stripped from him. They beat him up, threw him in a, a, a well. He got sold as a slave. And eventually, 
if you read all the way through, at the end, he became the prince of Egypt. And he was basically the most powerful person right under Pharaoh at that time and that season because he was the person everybody came to from all over the then known world to buy grain, right? And his restoration was even greater, way greater than his early days when he was just a young guy running around wearing this multicolored coat. So when I look at his story, that to me is a perfect example of what restoration from a biblical sense looks like. Thank you very much. This is going very well. So now I will ask uh, Nicole for her definition of basically biblical restoration. So for me, I think the key point um, that I'll add is that God has to be in the in the process of the restoration. So it doesn't happen without him stepping in and um, listening to the plea or the desire of someone's heart and taking them from a low point to the next level, the higher level. Uh, so I think that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me in terms of biblical restoration is that God has to do the work. All right. That is the key. So there was a little spin-off from um, actually biblical restoration where they were talking about divine restoration. So it's very similar, um, basically an act of restoring man to their original position. And that's actually what God's job is. Um, an example was used in 1 Peter 5 verse 10. And it says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And that's what they call divine uh, restoration. So it's very similar to what we're saying biblically. And Jesus was actually sent to restore us, his people, unto God. So um, that's basically where I was going with the end of that. So that covers the divine and also uh, the biblical view. So our third question, which... Michelle already gave a part of it, was to give an example of a Bible character that demonstrated an act of restoration. So someone whose life uh, significantly was restored, and that's using um, basically using the hand of God. So the person that I thought of was Job how he lost everything and how he was fully restored, but he also um, it came along the same definition that we were using, basically because he received more than he had from the beginning and everything was better than it was before. So he himself was a better person than he was before the test. And so um, that's my example that I have. Um, I would like to now allow Michelle to answer that question if she has another character in mind. Hmm. So I'm thinking, um, so for other people being res restored, I'm just thinking on my feet here. Let's say, let's say David, because David started out really at the low end of everything. And I'm not going to say that he lost a lot of things at the very beginning, but he probably did because he wasn't treated well based on the fact that when 
Samuel came to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the next king because Saul was being removed, he wasn't even thought of as a consideration. So it's possible that he was not treated well, was not um, considered as anybody of any importance, but God saw his heart and saw who he was. And through a process and long years, he eventually became the king of Israel, the, the God-appointed king of Israel. And um, he was considered a man after God's own heart. And I think that's huge because there's so many things David did not do right, but because he had a repentant heart, God was able to do things in his life that probably if he wasn't a repentant person, they wouldn't have happened. So I think of him in that, that way. All right. I appreciate that, Michelle. And now I will ask uh, Nicole basically the same question, an example of restoration seen in a Bible character's life. So the person that I thought of was Peter. Um, so the example is the time when Jesus was going to the cross and um, he warned him that he would deny him and he didn't believe Jesus. And he said, oh, I would never deny you. And he did deny Jesus uh, three times, deny that he knew him. And at that point, I think he was probably very disappointed in himself because I think he was a very boisterous and outgoing uh, person. And he even cursed and said, I don't know him. And then he felt, I'm sure he felt probably ashamed, but then he became the one preaching at Pentecost, you know, so there was a definite restoration. I think he even was taken, like Suzette was saying, to a higher level in his faith and his belief because he really received that um, change from God. Um, and he was able to be a big um, pinnacle or um, one that pers brought a lot of process and change in Christianity and was able to um, declare who God was to the masses. And um, he was a rock that Jesus said he was going to build his church upon. So he was able to actually bring that to fruition. So I think um, of Peter as an example. All right. Thank you very much. So um, basically I don't have a lot of questions left on this segment, but I wanted to basically um, expound a little bit on the restoration as it was uh, brought to me. Um, when one allows God to restore them spiritually, they have to permit God to identify the issue, evaluate it, and then supply the solution. If you are not open to receive what thus saith the Lord, then you have essentially allowed yourself to be cut off. The greatest thing about God is his graciousness to warn us before destruction comes. Spiritual restoration provides explicit directions that must be carried out as instructed to produce the complete restoration that God intends. His intentions for man from the beginning have not changed. He is exactly the same God. Ezekiel 36 verse 11 says, I will increase the number of men and animals upon you and they will be fruitful and become numerous. 
I will settle people on you as in the past and will make you prosper more than before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And also, um, I was looking at Joel chapter 2. says, with God repaying the years the locusts have eaten, it shows that he restores way beyond what was there before. Locust destruction can usually affect generations of plants to come. So it's just like a curse that has been placed on a generation of people. It trickles through the bloodline. But an act of divine healing and restoration not only stops the curse in its tracks, but it allows it to go back and reverse the past damage. So with that being said, I will ask Michelle now, if she can, to provide the verses and the definitions that go along with restore and restoration. Okay, so I looked up the word restore. I didn't look at restoration, but I'm sure they're similar. Um, Usually we use the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the collegiate version, and it's a transitive word, the word restore. It's to give back or return, to put or bring back into existence or use, to bring back or to put back into a former or original state, and we mentioned that earlier, renew, to put again in possession of something. Um, Restorer is a noun, and of course God is our restorer. And some synonyms that were given are freshen, recharge, recreate, refresh, regenerate, rejuvenate, renew, repair, revive. And here's some examples. The police restored law and order. The government needs to restore confidence in the economy. An antique car that is being being carefully restored. It was first used in the 14th century. And this is a word that comes from Middle English, from Anglo-French, and from Latin. Now, here are some of the scriptures that I was able to to locate with the word restore. Um, These are new international version verses. Um, 2 Samuel 9, verses 7 and 8. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Second Samuel 16 verses three and four. The king then asked, where is your master's grandson? Ziba said to him, he's staying in Jerusalem because he thinks today the Israelites will restore me to my, my grandfather's kid- kingdom. Then the king said to Ziba, all that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. I humbly bow, Ziba said, may I find favor in your eyes, my lord, the king. Job chapter 42 verses 10 to 12. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before before, came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him, and each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. 
he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. Psalm 51 verses 11 and 12. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Psalm 69 verses 3 and 4. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs on my, of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me, I am forced to restore what I did not steal. Psalm 85 verses 1 to 3. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Jeremiah 27 verse 22. They will be taken to Babylon and they will remain until the day I come for them, declares the Lord. Then I will bring them back and restore them to this place. Now we're in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 9 verses 27 to 31 Jesus heals the blind and the mute. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, saying, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. Mark 8, verses 22 to 26. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 9. We were glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is that you may be fully restored. 1 Peter 5 verses 10 and 11. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And that's it. That's everything. Okay. Thank you very much. So we were looking or listening to all the verses that have to do with restoring or restoration and how... God restored his people. So now my next question to the family is, apart from God extending restoration to us, how can we do the same for others? How can we help to restore others, knowing already what God's intention is for us? How can we help others to get to where we are? I'm going to ask Nicole. So I think the first... Um 
way that we can do it that came to my mind is through encouragement. Um, so letting others who may be downtrodden, who may be um, sad or feeling alone, that you know, we can tell them that, hey, you're not alone, that God is with you and he has a solution for whatever your concern is, whatever your need is. Um, we serve a big God. And so there's nothing that's occurring in anyone's life that he cannot step into if invited, right? If, he, if we invite him in, he can step in and he can do beyond what we can ask or think as the scripture tells us. And so you know, there's always hope. As long as you're alive, there's hope for a change. There's hope for a difference. So I think encouraging people and educating them, letting them know that God is real, that he hears you, he sees you, and he's willing to restore you. That is what he does. Just like you said, Suzette, I think perfectly that when Jesus came, that was his goal. He came to restore us back to um, our relationship with God, um, which unfortunately, you know, sin has been the barrier between us and God. And Jesus came to cover our sins, to, to pay for our sins. And now we can be restored, but we have to, we have to take the steps. We have to say the words we have to desire that re, um, relationship. And so, um, those are the things that came to mind. So encouragement, we can encourage others, um, to know that this is not their end point, no matter where they are, if, it, if they're on a low mindset or, you know, if it's something physical, whatever it is, there's always a potential for God to come in and restore and um, to educate them on his word, on his promises that are there for us to pull on. All right. Thank you very much. So Michelle, what's your take on that question, apart from God extending his restoration towards us, how can we do the same for others? Wow. So I think one thing that comes to mind is being able to help others see what they can become. For example, um, you are maybe a coach or a counselor or something like that. And you're working with, let's say young people and you see the potential in these young people. You see the raw version of the gifts that God has given them. And there's been a lot of things happening in their lives that are hindering it. Maybe their home life is not the greatest. Maybe they have seen a lot of things that young children shouldn't see. And they may feel that there's nothing for them. And part of your role to help in restoration is to open their eyes, help them open their eyes so they can see who they are, who they've been created to be and to become, and then give them the tools too, so that they can use those tools to help them on their path to restoration. And many times those who are doing it well, especially those who are working, um, in the areas where they allow God to use them in their natural gifts, have seen people come back to them later and say, hey, you believed in me when no one else did? Look, I'm now a doctor. Look, I'm now a teacher. Look, I just opened my own business or whatever it is. I've seen a lot of testimonials from people who teach or who coach or who counsel, and they've shared like, pictures and things on social media of how 
people have come back and said thank you. And so that's one of the ways I think that we can go out and help others in terms of restoration. Thank you very much. So it's our, we're forgetting who uh, we are, what we need, and we start to pour into someone else's life. Um, it actually helps. I don't know. When someone comes back to tell you thank you, it really makes a big difference. It actually allows you to see what you've been doing and the impact that you have on others. Um, for me, extending the same love or restoration that God has extended to me. Um, Nicole mentioned part of it was um, not just encouraging them, but also leading them to the Lord. So if they don't know who God is and they're really going through a difficult time, allowing them to know or come to a knowledge of the truth is one way to help to get them on the path to restoration. And also if someone has wronged you, I believe forgiving them is also another way of restoring someone. Um, they may have done something heinous, um, maybe to them in their minds and hearts, it's unforgivable, but because you have extended that love that God gave to you towards them, you're able to forgive them. And then they are able to be restored onto him. And then it, it opens the door for people to be saved. So we have to also be conscious of that when we are dealing with others that our main focus and tr our true focus really should be to win souls for him. So that will bring us to current events. So um, I'm thinking about the word restoration or restore as it relates to current events. Um, the main thing that I would probably go first and just say the main thing that I thought of was the obvious, the pandemic, um, how do people, or what should we be doing now in order to gain restoration? So how do we get out of this? Um, I've heard people say they think it's an act of the devil. And because they feel it's an act of the devil to separate the believers, I, I feel like I don't agree. So we had some kind of discussion off camera on this already, but I don't agree at all because I feel that God is just trying to get our attention. I feel that he wants us to repent. There's been a lot going on that we may not be aware of. We see news forecasts, we see things going on in the world, but God's heart is, he's distraught, he's tired of sin and he wants us to repent. And so this is one way to get the world's attention on a whole is this pandemic. And when you thought that you were getting out of it, it's like it's starting all over again the next year. So it's like a year later and then we're back. It's almost like we're back to square one. But what happened is people have still not repented. We have not said, Lord, we're sorry for what we're doing. We're just trying to figure out a way to still do what we're doing and still deal with the pandemic. And that's not what he wants us to do. He wants us to let go and he wants us to start over. So when you repent, you leave everything at the altar, you turn your back on, on it, and then you allow him to bring forth his forgiveness. And then when he restores, then once he has, he's restores and he starts you on a new path that's taking you in the direction he wants you to go, to allow you to fulfill the purpose for which you've been called. But we don't see that big picture. 
Some of us do and some um, have not. But what I do understand from everything that's going on is that God is protecting the ones that he wants to see what he's doing. If you have revelation into what he's doing, because you know for sure that there's a different purpose for you and there's something more for you to accomplish, he has preserved his own. But those whose work has been done, they may have been gone, they have, may, may have gone on because maybe their work is done. And then there's others who just completely defy and feel as though there's an attack on them personally that completely don't understand. And because of ignorance, people do perish. So I would like to open to get an opinion from, I'll start with Nicole on this. How does the word restore or restoration um, apply to current events at this time? So for me, the same... um quarantining and and pandemic came to mind. But what I'll add is that, you know, quarantining itself to me means quiet time. And some people cannot deal with quiet time because they don't know who they are, whose they are. Um, They don't know where to put their focus. And so for those who took advantage or have taken advantage of the quarantining and the quiet time, it's our ability to listen to the voice of God. He doesn't speak loud. A lot of times he speaks quiet because it's about intimacy. So he's not going to yell at you across the room because then you're not close. So when you're quiet, you can actually hear his voice. And in doing so, we are even closer to him you know, in this quarantining. And I think uh, you're able to then hear his heart and then do his work. And that's, you know, what you are saying as well, Suzette. And so it is, it's about refocusing. And that's one of the things that I, how I think about a lot of things, it's refocus, you know, so when you have to sit and be still, okay, there has to be some meaning in it, right? And it's not just let's get back to the normal because the normal is like what we knew in the past is gone. That should be, we should be repenting from that. Like you said, Suzette, it's a different direction. We have to figure what is a new way that we have to view everything. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are very selfish, selfish, which is why this is still ongoing. We're not getting progress because people are selfish, Um, And God is saying, that's not my way. His way is, you know, loving others and loving him first before we think about ourselves. And if everyone does that, then everyone is safe. Everyone is loved. Everyone is cared for. um, And God is glorified. So that's what comes to me as as well. I think the pandemic is probably going to be the biggest entity that's, you know, around us right now. But that's kind of my viewpoint on it. I do appreciate that. Um, The fact that you're saying um, that quiet time will allow you to draw closer to the Lord and increase that. It basically strengthens that bond and allowed you to recharge, refocus. And it's funny that people are actually saying the opposite. They're thinking that it was a plan of the adversary to destroy and separate God's people. So they misunderstood the whole purpose of this pandemic. And that's kind of what we want to relay to our, our listening audience when we understand what God has shown us, what this whole pandemic is about. It really was to draw us closer to him. 
Um, I'd like to hear Michelle's viewpoint on the same question. How does restoration or restore relate to current events? Yes, so I'll continue talking about the pandemic. Um, when the pandemic started, I'm going to give my own personal testimony here. When the pandemic started, my birthday was supposed to come like the, the following weekend when we were told we were quarantined. I was like, man, why does that happen now? But as it went on, I realized, first of all, I was exhausted. I was running to and fro, busy seven days a week, very little rest. Um, and the, the pandemic gave me a chance to actually stop and rest. I was sleeping a lot the early parts, like the March, April time. I was really sleeping a lot. And at, at first I was worried, thinking maybe this might be a little touch of depression. But when I look back now, I was just tired and I needed the break to just lay down for a little bit. And then as I started to get more rest and more clarity, then God started showing me different things to work on, to do, which is why we're here on this podcast. The podcast was birthed during the pandemic. And God showed me that we needed to meet and pray. That's how it started. We started meeting. We're located in three different states, um, including our dad. Well, our dad lives, my dad, our dad and I live in the same state, but my sisters live in two other states. And this was our way to connect with each other because we couldn't see each other in person. And it helped us to reconnect because we had been living, everybody's been ripping and running in all different directions for years. This was our time to reconnect as a family, to reunite, to refocus. And it, it, it birthed something in all of us that it's like a fire that's there that I feel like wasn't there before. Um, there's a direction now. We have gotten revelation from God about different things. Um, we were seeing more clearly what God has always wanted for us from the very beginning. And our mother's prayers are actually being answered as we're sitting here. And for those who don't know us, our mother passed away um, within the first year of our family relocating to the United States. If this is your first podcast, you wouldn't know that. So we have not had her in our lives for a long time, but God revealed to us that this pandemic was meant for restoration. It was meant for people to come apart, to sit down, to reflect, to refresh, and to see where he was taking us next. It's like you're kind of like changing directions. You're heading east and God is like, nope, you're not supposed to head east anymore. Sit down. I'm going to show you where else you're supposed to be going. No, you're supposed to be going north. And this is what the pandemic to me meant to me. And I think it meant that to a lot of people. Our eyes have been open. We're hearing more clearly. We're seeing things differently. We're understanding things differently. We read the Bible and it jumps off the page because you're understanding now what God has been trying to say for so long. And so I'm passionate about this because I see what God has done in our family through this pandemic. And I know we're not the only ones. I'd love to hear from you listeners as you listen to this. Tell us what has happened for you um, because of this pandemic. It's not, I don't believe that the enemy has 
full control over anything that happens on this planet. People give the devil a lot of credit for a lot of things. God is fully in control. He allows things to happen. So he allowed this to happen because he was going to use it as a tool to sharpen us, to strengthen us, to refresh us, to restore us. And I think I've finished with my tangent and rant, but that's really how I feel about this. <laughs> Thank you very much. I know we didn't take a break, but we're going to just go through it and complete. So um, my second to last question, actually, um, what aspect of this discussion has made an impact on you? What aspect of this discussion on the word restore has made an impact on you? I'll give my first little um, answer that I wrote. Um, another chance, it gave me another chance or opportunity um, for me to reset. So it's the same thing that we're talking about. So that's the same thing that I had um, written. I am now hands off with many aspects of my life and God is telling me what moves to make and when to make them. I noticed it would not have lined up with my own level of reasoning but his ways are not my ways. Neither are his thoughts my thoughts. So I submit to your power, Lord, and the supernatural acts of restoration and supreme abundance that are right outside the door of my obedience. Carry out the tasks assigned and the blessings are coming without delay. And that's for my sisters. Carry out the task at hand the blessings are waiting right outside the door without delay. And I believe we have already begun walking into those blessings. Um, there's still many more in store. There's still so much more that God wants to do, but it is such an eye opener when you allow the Lord to just begin to pour into your spirit and you begin to see life differently. You see people differently. You do things differently. You think differently. You wake up in the middle of the night in prayer. It's just so many different things because he's pouring into your spirit. And now he has the chance because he has our attention. So I wanted to um, basically um, ask Nicole, what aspect of the discussion today has made an impact on you? So um, I might talk about two different things. So one is the, um, the fact that when there so initially when I thought of restoration, it's taken it back to its original form, its original glory. But during the discussion, you know, we talked about that when God restores, it's above. And, you know, I've heard people say in the past that God doesn't add, he always multiplies. And so even with the story of Job, he got double of what he had. So, you know, thinking of that as restoration, it was a different view. And it's probably something that I knew, but then I looked at it in a different way and realized that, you know, if he's going to, if something happened in the past and now he's restoring you, he's going to give you all that you lost. And in even the time frame that you lost it in, he's going to add that on um, to what he's going to bless you with. Um, so that was one part. And then the other part is just circling back to what I talked about with the quarantine being a quiet time. Um, because it does, like I said, refocus you and, and you do hear things or see things differently, just like Suzette was saying. Um, so I'll tell a little thing yesterday. I had a flight 
and my flight was delayed. I was in the airport for six and a half hours and I literally just had to sit and be quiet. And I'm like, God, there must be a lesson or something that you're trying to tell me in this, this, uh, experience I'll say. Um, and you know, all I kept hearing is just be still, be quiet, let, you know, don't try to rush anything, let it be in my timing. And it's teaching me patience, um, for what's ahead. And so that's kind of what I gleaned from it. You know, it's like, Hey, I got home, you know, in the time that, you know, not that I wanted to, but it still was a time where I still was able to see my family and do all the things that I needed to for the nighttime and getting, helping to get my kids ready for bed, all those things that I always desire to do. And, um, I think, you know, things still worked out fine as they should have, even though I had to sit in the airport for those six and a half hours and it was reteaching me patience, um, in that time frame, So that quiet was, you know, put back to the forefront of my mind again, because of that experience. Very significant. Um, Yes, because that's when God pours into you when it's when you're quiet and still. So us ripping and running, not realizing how tired we were, as Michelle had said, it does put you in a place where you can't hear him. You no longer hear what he wants you to do. You can't see what he's trying to show you. Um, it's too many distractions. So if Michelle has anything else to add on this, um, what aspect of this discussion today has made an impact on you? Yes. Um, the thing I like is that restoration that I've heard today that stood out is that restoration really isn't restoration unless God is in it. Like we need God's presence to be in the midst of it for it to be restoration. And that's probably one reason why so many people got distraught during the pandemic versus relaxing and just calming down. Because if you don't have that connection with God, then you're frantic because all the stimuli and all the noise and all the conversations you're used to and all the places you could go to drown out whatever internal noise you're trying to drown out, you couldn't drown it out anymore. If you turn on the TV, you're going to get anxiety because of all of what it was saying. So there was no more entertainment to deaden that, right? Um, we were thankful for verses and all of this other stuff that popped up to entertain us during the time. But outside of that, you had to come face to face with the fact that you needed God. And, if, and prayerfully, I, I pray that with this podcast, you will look back on your life and say, hey, you know, the last year and a half of my life, I really needed God and I want him to be part of it. So, yeah. Thank you very much. So we will approach our, our very last question. What reflections do you have or what would you like to leave with our audience? Um, I will ask Nicole to do that first. Okay. So I think restoration, um, can look like a lot of things. And so it can be physical. If someone has an illness, you can be healed. Um, if you have financial needs, you can be, you know, given, um, the finances that you need to, um, take care of whatever it is that you need to. If you are, 
living in sin, God can restore you to um, relationship with him. Um, if you are separated from a family, God can restore you back to your family unit and have having good relationships with others. Um, so I think, you know, restoration can look like a lot of things. It can really apply to each and every one of us and continue to apply to us throughout our life because with each shift and change with life, we will probably continually need restoration because we're human and we're living in a fallen world, a sinful world. Um, but then remembering that restoration, true restoration, like Michelle was saying, only comes when God is there in the midst and we have to ask him for it. Um, he's not a pushy God. He is a patient God. And so he's looking at us and he has what we need and we just have to ask and he will definitely give it to us because he loves us. And so that's what I would um, say as we close out this um, podcast. Thank you very much. So I would like to ask Michelle to leave her final words or thoughts with our listeners. Yeah. So I wanted to say to you who are listening to know that God is a restorer and he wants to restore your life. No matter where you have been, no matter what you've experienced, no matter what you've lost, because, you know, a lot of the examples we gave earlier are people who lost things or didn't even have much to begin with. So wherever you are in your stage of life, God wants to restore you and he is ready to do it right now. He has his arms open. Um, Jesus died on the cross so that we would have this opportunity to even be able to connect with him. And so I want to invite you to ask God to restore you, whatever area of your life, whether it's financially or spiritually or emotionally, mentally, um, with friends, with family, um, any area, he has the ability to touch any area. Sometimes we limit God and we say God can only work in church, you know, when we're in the building, that's the only way God can work. The pandemic has proven that wrong. That's wrong. God can work anywhere, under any situation, in any circumstance. And what we read in the Bible that has happened in the past, it can happen today. It, it still happens today. He can restore you anywhere, in prison, anywhere. He can do it. And so I want you who are listening to receive that and to pray and ask God to be your restorer. That leaves me with nothing else to say. That's complete. So basically, they take, you took the words out of my mouth, but that is perfect because that's what we want our listeners to understand. Um, the true aspect of rest restoration comes only through our Lord Jesus Christ. And just to add a little bit to what Michelle had said, we were talking a lot about the pandemic, but a lot of people had a lot of loss during the pandemic, whether it was businesses, uh, jobs, family members, friends. And so now is the time to really look into how to be restored. And the only way to be restored is through Jesus. And so that's what we want to invite you to do as she had already done. Come to a knowledge of the truth. Know who he is for yourself. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to come into your life 
to clean you up, to make you brand new, and to put you on the path that will lead you to eternal life. Thank you for joining us today um, for this discussion on restore and restoration. May you be restored in your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, understanding that we truly love you as our listeners and we do care about you living a life that's pleasing to our maker. Thank you for joining the Seed Planters. Until next time, God bless you.